Hello and good day. This is the Bible Bard. A bard is a storyteller who recites traditional texts associated with a particular oral tradition. And I'm here to recite and to amplify what the literature of the Bible says about who is God and who are human beings. Here's the place we're at today. The Bible is a compilation of 66 individual books written by over 40 different authors over a period of about 1600 years, beginning about 1500 BC and ending about 100 AD. In the 39 books that form the content for the Old Testament, different persons, people groups, nations, and empires, different religions and philosophies all march past the reader. The content for the Old Testament was composed during the rise and fall of the historic empires of the past, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, among others. This podcast answers the question, how was the text of the Bible actually composed? Let's look at several places where we have particular answers to this question within the text itself. In Jeremiah chapter 36, verses 1 through 4, here's an example of some biblical text being spoken by one person and written down by another. The text reads, quote, In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Take a scroll and write on it all the words I have spoken to you. So Jeremiah called Baruch, son of Neriah, and while Jeremiah dictated all the words the Lord had spoken to him, Baruch wrote them on the scroll, end quote. We see another example of uh, how the Bible was written in Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 59 to 61. This is an example of the direct writing by one person of some biblical text. And it says, quote, this is the message Jeremiah gave to the staff officer Sariah, son of Neriah, the son of Masariah, when he went to Babylon with Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year of his reign. Jeremiah had written on a scroll about all the disasters that would come upon Babylon. He said to Sariah, when you get to Babylon, see that you read all these words aloud, end quote. In the New Testament, to move there, we have an explanation of how the book of Luke was written right at the beginning of the text. In Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, the writer says, quote, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. End quote. These three examples are sufficient to illustrate several ways the text of the Bible came to be written, how the various texts came to be included, arranged, and organized into the book we have today is a different story. But today, let's focus only on the writing of any discrete part of a book. In our examples, we see three ways in which the Bible was created. God spoke directly to a person who dictated what God told him or her, and another listening wrote down what was said. In the second way, God spoke directly to a person, and they wrote down directly what he said and gave the writing to another. Copies were carefully made of this material. In the third case, a person 
decides to provide an account of what he knew of events, either by reference to other materials or persons, or by first-hand personal experience of knowledge he had about God, Jesus Christ, historical events, or other occurrences his audience needed to know. Regarding the dissemination of the text, of course, copies were made. Here's an illustration of one way that happened. In Deuteronomy 17, verses 18 and 19, regarding the making of copies, here's an instruction given to a new king in Judah. Quote, when he, a new king, takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law, taken from that of the priests, who are Levites. It is to be with him, and he is to read it all the days of his life." Unquote. In our three examples, notice the specific dating of the writing. Jeremiah provides the specific year of the reign of the king in which God spoke to him. And then in the text in Luke relates to events, to kings, political leaders, even Roman world people and places. Using this information, we can accurately date the writing. This is important because of the many prophecies of future events contained in the text. For example, in the second text from Jeremiah, the prophecies are about, quote, the disasters that would come upon Babylon, unquote. Bible believers point to the fulfillment in time of these predictions as proof that God who sees the past, present, and future of human events all at the same time gave this message to these people. Scoffers do not believe in the supernatural, and they say that many of the Bible prophecies made at one date were later specifically fulfilled at a future date, that this idea is a lie. In effect, they think that Bible redactors or editors who lived after a prophesied event edited the text to post-date the predictions so it would appear that there was a supernatural communication from God. Most classes in religion continue to promulgate this speculation as fact in our universities. This is an enormous conspiracy theory if it were true, and it would have to have occurred over many human generations during the 1600-year writing period of the Bible. Editors from many generations would, without knowing each other, have had to seize on hundreds and perhaps thousands of texts, changing hundreds of copies of Bible components spread across the known world to make such a conspiracy successful. If you do not believe in the supernatural, this is a convenient way to account for occurrences in history that clearly appear to be supernatural. Upon reading the text, every reader of the Bible has to make a decision about the truthfulness of the text. Did Jesus truly heal a leper by touching him? See Luke 4, verse 12. Did Jesus heal a paralytic who was carried before him into a great crowd? See Luke 5, 24. Did Jesus raise the dead? See Luke 7, verses 14 and 15. Did Jesus drive a demon out of a man who was mute? See Luke 11, verse 14. Jesus' opponents, the Pharisees, also witnessed these events in real time, the text states. They did not want to attribute them to the work of God because that would validate the teachings of Jesus, which were critical of them. So they said in Luke 11, verse 15, that by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he, Jesus, is driving out demons, unquote. 
This is the Pharisees' attempt to account for the supernatural nature of the actions of Jesus. The opponents of Jesus had to acknowledge the supernatural nature of his healings, but instead of saying that God did it, they attributed Jesus' healings to the work of anti-God, the devil. Of course, this maneuver doesn't help the modern-day scoffer. It still acknowledges the supernatural. If there is a devil, why can't there also be a God? And most of all, if there is a supernatural, why can't the Bible's account of it be true? This is the way the Bible Bard works. Brief recitations, closely focused, no distractions, no rabbit trails. Follow the Bible Bard on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Send the Bible Bard any questions or remarks you care to offer, too. BibleBardUS at gmail.com. Glad to hear from you.